an interview series with singers using the power of music to promote well-being, social justice, and offer support and empowerment to vulnerable communities. I'm your host, Joanne Lauder-Young. I interview a creative maverick from Myanmar, Darko C. Darko's the lead singer for the indie rock band Side Effect and is also the director of Turning Tables, a global social enterprise working to empower marginalized youth by giving them constructive ways to express themselves through music and film. Darko and his musical compatriots have lived through massive social change over the past 15 years, as Myanmar, also known as Burma, has shifted from a military dictatorship to a hybrid model of government with many aspects now turned over to civilian control. Darko shares with us his thoughts on music's role in culture shift and the creativity needed to express yourself in a less than free environment. Singers in Myanmar have been vulnerable to, I mean, back in the days during dictatorship, uh, you know, I mean, we've been very vulnerable group, but, you know, I mean, not, not during my generation, but, you know, the older generation used to be um, manipulated by the junta or junta, huh, you know, like this military government, because the military government knew, I mean, they know the power of music that can shape people's mind. So they've been using this power of music, you know, like, I mean, you cannot say no to, you know, sing a song for them. So they force you by, you know, bribing you, sometimes, you know, giving you, uh, you know, when, you know, I don't know, one, one acre of land for free or like during that time, like one mobile phone was very expensive. They would bribe the, I mean, or, or you no, know, they would give this like a free mobile phone to the musicians and they would force them to sing a song, you know, to promote their leadership and, you know, I mean, for their propaganda. So what are you seeing with um, the youth and their, how they see music? Yeah, especially in hip hop scene, I, I saw a difference, you know, I began to notice a, a, a change of, uh, you know, a change of theme of the music, they became more conscious and they're more like a, a ready to get rapped popping up. It, it was kind of impossible to hear like 10 years ago. You know, during the time, you know, hip hop uh, became a thing again, but still, you know, like the, the lyrics are more about, you know, normal daily life and, you know, we could never address the real issue and problem. but. Right now, current uh, current scene, current hip hop scene, uh, has a new thing going on. You know, like there, there's a, you know, huge difference between like normal like mainstream hip hop and uh, independent hip hop scene that are, you know, singing or rapping about the you know um, more you know common issue like common youth issue that can be related to everyone. So I saw a small change but you know I mean it is a change even mm -hmm. though it's small but some punks has a room to you know push the limits on freedom of expression too and some heavy metal band heavy metal band has uh, more room actually and also punk rock too you know because I mean one uh, I mean, they are not the most popular music genres in Myanmar so you know meaning I mean it won't spread like a that won't go viral so, you know, I mean, maybe the government or the authorities still think they are less uh, dangerous, uh, you know, activities. Mm -hmm. So, but I mean, it is only like, you know, if like pop or like, you know, like very, very famous musicians and singers start to address issues, that would be more noticeable, actually. And let's see, like, whether, you know, their mindsets, mindsets are shifted or not. And or... Or the other way around, you know, when like uh, <clears throat> the new musicians or new faces of, uh, you know, this time, 
became uh, you know mainstream musicians or popular musician, and then that would be a total change, right? Because you know now nowadays right now their mindsets are shifted, and when they became like you know the I mean rap stars or pop stars, hopefully they would maintain their courage to speak the truth, and that might take like ten years or fifteen years from mm-hmm. now. But it's possible. Mm-hmm. That would be a totally you no know, different kind of experience, and with the musicians and. But normally, I I feel like you know. I feel like in general, I mean, musicians has been disregarded, like a, a you know. From like you know like given that like a strong political statements. Artists uh, are not 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 making a lot of money, and they are not the richest people. You know. There's no real well. There's no real industry, and there's no. parent. No parent wants their child no to be a professional musician or exactly or artist. so yeah. I mean, with me, even though you are famous, I mean that won't be very promising. Like uh, like you know for the famous stars in the United States or you know in Europe, it's not the same. You know because I mean you will never know what's gonna happen tomorrow, and you know I mean you won't be making any money or stuff like that. Yeah. So my question though is about creativity because you don't really have an educational system that fosters a lot of creativity and for expression, often expression is more meaningful because you've found a creative way to say something. So how do you see that changing right now with the youth that you're working with or artists like yourself? How are people tapping into creativity now or how were people being creative within the structures, within the constraints? You kind of had underground ways of being creative and expressive. So, what what change have you seen since you started in terms of the creativity and and the way people are expressing themselves? Mm. Yeah, uh, that's a very good question. Um, creativity. Um, I I don't know what exactly happened to the original music scene in Myanmar. Uh, that was during the eighty music wave, I think. So it became one well, this like cover songs um, tradition started back in the eighties, I guess. Be- but before then, my Myanmar uh, used to have a kind of like like a uh, contemporary music at the time. You know, it was not very left behind. Uh, you know, during the I don't know sixties and seventies, but eighties, eighties. It's not uh, very, you know, it all started in the 80s and late 80s, I think, you know. So when they became the very, like, you know, when they became mainstream and when when they began to dominate the market and original sounds the market was dropped, I think. So, it, so that all started. But uh, come, to come back to your question, to talk about today's youth, um, uh, I mean, there's a gap just between, you know, my generation and their generation too, you know. I mean, I'm also learning, like, you know, how they see things, uh, you know, as they are also, I mean, I mean, they have more creativity, I would say, because all these, like, I mean, online learning and uh, these applications and all these, like, you know, gadgets, uh, like, uh, very uh, handy coming in, you know, I mean, uh, Everybody can you use this like a garage band, and you know mm-hmm. they can they can just go to YouTube for the tutorial and everything they learn. And there are many more bedroom uh, music makers and singer songwriters a lot, and but they are they they are they are dealing with different kind of uh, frustrations, you know. But during our when I was younger and when I was at their age, when I was you know dying to be a musician, just to be a musician is a thing, you know, because. All the situation was telling you you cannot be a musician. No, you you just can't because you are poor. You know, you I mean you are not rich, and you are you are supposed to find a job that will save uh, the family and stuff like that. I mean, and then you know you don't have any uh, family member that is a musician. That was very important back then. To you know, you you need to have connections. So but, some family way into the business. Exactly, the, exactly. Yeah. I mean that industry, music industry, or all this. All the you know this kind of art art scene is also very uh, like very small and but so very hard to be accepted. That sounds like almost any sector in Myanmar. Yes, 
that family connections are really important. key. And yeah, key. Important. And also, like me, that's how you started to gain your own fans because, like, you are somebody's son or you are somebody's uh, daughter. You know, you have oh, you know, I love you know, like uh, I mean, his mom or I love his dad. I mean, I mean, also you know, you also so gain... I must love you. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. that's all started. But I don't want to go political. Do you know all the political leader also had that kind of tie? Right. Right. So I don't want to go there right now, <laughs> <laughs> and I want to focus on music first. Uh-huh. So, uh, but you know that now the kids nowadays. They don't have that kind of what do you call it mental block or the fear that I mean, they would be accepted by this scene or not. I mean, some young people they don't even consider like trying to get in the scene or something like that. They just do it. They are just doing it, you know, yeah. like because I mean, they are just making music in their bedrooms, and they just like you know release them on Facebook or you know YouTube or just they are just doing it because they want to do it. So social media and the internet sounds like it's been a huge change. Yes, I. I can say that I moved here in 2011, and you know, a mobile, a SIM card for a mobile was two thousand dollars U.S. <laughs> yes, and within two years, the Maybe. big companies, tele- telecom companies, came in and they were a dollar fifty, <laughs> you know, for a SIM card. So, so what change do you see, or what role do you think that has played in terms of their creativity or their desire to to express themselves? Yeah, a uh, creativity too. Oh, I mean, for creativity, uh, one of the important thing is inspiration, right? So all this inspiration before we were uh, less connected, but now we're more connected. And also, like, uh, I mean, they they are not suffering the same pain that I used to suffer because you know, I mean, the music that I started to make was not very familiar with uh, like uh, normal Myanmar music fans. So you know, I mean, we've been dissed. We've been talked down. We've been looked down in the first place. I mean, when you say we, you mean punk or a specific yeah, kind yeah. of music? Yeah, side effect, or I mean, like our you know the first wave of like independent band rose up in two thousand two, I think, and two thousand from two thousand to you know like two thousand five. There's uh, I don't know the the beginning of this like independent bands uh, popping up. Before it was more like you know the band used to mean that a group of musicians, a, a players. That would back up every famous singers, but you can still uh, hear this kind of definition when you go outside of Yangon, when you are in a I don't know some small town, when when they hear a ba- oh you know I have a band or something. Whenever I talk to them, okay, who are the singers that you play for? That was the question. <laughs> that was always question. So you know, like just by I mean this concept, the band you know who wrote their own music and the band that. Would only play their own kind of music. It was a new thing in two thousands. You know. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So. So the function of music was different, really. Exactly. In a way. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So we were not like I mean we were not viewed as professionals. We were viewed like a amateur musicians because you know. I mean, nobody paid us. You know, nobody would hire us for the w- weddings or stuff like that. But how were you exposed to this style of music or this idea? If it was something that wasn't around you, how did you even get exposed to it or or learn about it? Um, yeah, there were some like uh, music stores, uh, I mean, cassette tape stores, and downtown, like you know, just a, a couple of places. I mean, in Yangon, I remember like just. Two or three major CD stores or record stores, but I mean we never used records. I mean, I mean when I was since I was born, so that was not a thing. Uh, so mostly cassette tapes and CDs. So just three or four music shops for the international music. Um. You know, there was no censorship for international music because I mean, at the time there were only like uh, very little people who speaks. Uh, English, I think, I think, I, I'm not very sure, but you know, but I'm, I'm. What I mean is that international music was not popular. Not a lot of people listen to it. I mean, compared to right now, but now everyone can stream, go, you know, right. YouTube right. online for free. But during that time, people would be okay with like uh, local musicians, and which was a good thing too. I think we would approach to those guys who are like, you know, like who were doing in their 90s or 20s. So I would just like you know go to them, listen to what they were listening to. So that's how I try to you know get a little bit 
ahead of my own time so that I would start absorbing by because actually what opened my eye, you know because when I was like you know third or fourth grade it was around like you know I mean Guns N' Roses, uh, you know, John Bon Jovi and Metallica kind of time. So the late 80s, early 90s? Late 80s. But, you know, I think it was like 10 years later, you know. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it took some time right to... Right before it came into Myanmar. Myanmar. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, it, we were a little bit already left behind. But I grew up with that. When I was a teenager, then, you know, it, what changed me was like uh, like every 90s kid. Nirvana, especially Pumpkin, those bands, you know, changed my taste. You know, they redefined the, you know, new face of rock and rock. And yeah, it was already like, I don't know, 10 or 15 years late already. But it was, a, you know, it was a new to us. You know, it all started with, okay, these are new, you know, the new things are happening in the West. But still, I mean, you will hear everywhere, you know, there are Metallica or Guns N' Roses still playing in Yangon or Mandalay, right? Yeah. yeah. It, it's not changing. Like some people are not changing, but it, it, it's, it's, it's cool that they are still, you know, following those bands. But, you know, I don't know, compared to like today's kid, I mean, their creativity have, have been better, but still they are having a problem because, you know, I don't know, like, I mean, the value, you know, how... How I value music and how how they I mean how I value my own creativity how they value their creativity, it's not the same. I don't know. I think they have different kind of inspiration. Hmm. Can you define what that is? I I can't hundred percent define them, but I've been talking with some of the you know young musicians and uh, you know their motivation is you know up and down very quickly. You know. What do you call it? Uh, not this consistency. No, not the consistency. Uh, so not like a disciplined approach or that it's um, like their attention span maybe is a little yeah. bit shorter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of like, I mean, like, I don't know, like uh, there's a, you know, I mean, whether you are a musician or an artist, like there's a phase like where you are doing things and at the same time you are uh, finding about yourself, you know. I mean, there's a very important process that you know you are finding yourself through this uh, process but i mean for them mostly like it's uh the inspiration comes from the visual or order you know like the form or the style mainly rather than who they truly are because maybe uh, maybe they have more creativity to do more things I mean, to do different things you know they have more skills so they may they are more confused now to where to go which direction, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, they can do it, you know, they can just like release it, you know, like if you record uh, your new song today, I mean, you can release it tomorrow. <laughs> when when you're doing workshops through Turning Tables, are you exposing them to more international music or do you find that young people are already listening? Like what are some bands now, international bands that are popular or that people are listening to? Oh. Uh, yeah, I I did that. I did that to just to you know introduce them uh, like just uh, different kind of music and see, you know like if they I mean if it would lead them to a new, uh, you know I don't know <clears throat> new way of listening to music or like finding new music because I mean finding new music always being a thing to me you know it's very important because. Because I don't know, that's what I need. I'm not sure if what they need. So I always try to like show them uh, very good music. But, you know, I mean, with the generational gap, of course, you know, sometimes, you know, they just, I mean, most of the time, uh, they don't like it. We don't like it. But, you know, our way is just, I mean, I know like we have likes and dislikes. But I don't know, to be exposed to different things is also a good thing. I mean, that's something that I can provide them during our workshops. So for example, like, you know, like uh, last year, we also like, we took like these participants to, uh, you know, we rented out a movie theater and uh, we showed like a documentary about a festival. And, uh, oh God, I forgot about the name, you know, about the, you know, it was, it was about a very uh, like music festival in Europe, you know, it was, uh, it was curated by a very famous band. Um, I was hoping to see because, like, I think most of the kids, I mean, they they already learn a lot and they can do a lot of things compared to my age. Then they could do a lot, mm-hmm. but uh, they have serious lack of confidence. Oh, interesting. 
but you know they don't believe in themselves because you may maybe maybe you know the whole world it it it, it looks like for them the whole world is telling no you're not good enough yet you know you need to learn new things and but you know because here i think this academic or traditional way of looking at music is very what you call it uh, powerful and you know you know our culture is not very much enabling you know it was more like oh you don't know it yet you know you need to, you still need to learn this and that you know you are not good enough yeah oh you don't know nothing you are still young even like you know being young as if being young is is a, it's not a good thing or you know it's a stupid thing to do but of course you know we all came from a young age we all learn like this but you know, people are trying to talk down to the youth oh you 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 don't know it yet don't do it yet you know wait until you perfect yeah. or something this professionist but according to the like barista standards are very very big thing so this is why i'm just like trying to you know make them go like beyond this limitations mm-hmm. of their own minds or you know the things that they've been told so but i mean if i just saying things they would not believe it so i show this crazy uh, like bands that are like you know famous by doing like whatever they want so i was hoping that might inspire them you know like you mm-hmm. know because like some people may want to make like a, I mean why music or very angry music but once some other people may want to do a very quiet and peaceful but I mean there are many way of doing things but here is very limited because maybe we are not very exposed to very diverse kind of music mm-hmm. yet but the reason why I'm saying and the reason why I'm teaching uh, or like uh, showing to them is I was hoping that they would realize ah I can do something like that too right now I mean tomorrow I can do it I mean rather than oh you know I mean to be able to play the riff I yeah. need to I need to practice 6 months study for years six and months. get a degree Yeah exactly <laughs> It's so interesting how um like if you think about Burmese society like now big big picture and how um you know the they call it the long tail after your name where you've got all these initials after your name yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know it's that that um, knowledge and wisdom are like considered the same thing, and you can't be wise until you have knowledge, until you have all those initials yes. after your name. Yes. And it sounds like your work with youth, you're kind of trying to turn them onto some of their own lived wisdom. You know, there's yeah. like lived experience that yeah. you have, yeah. and the doors that that might open for them. And uh, not to mention the fact that I mean, you can be who you are. You can be different. You know, it was kind of like a you know. The other way of saying, like, you know, I don't know, to accept, like, the differences, you know, I mean, because here the conformity is uh, a big game, you know, so, I mean, talking about rock, you know, if if you say you are, you are a rock musician or if you love rock, so, you know, I mean, there's a list of the bands or music that you must like, that's it. <laughs> If you say you are a metal guy, you have to like like a certain kind of Myanmar metal. Police will say, "Oh, you know, you must love this kind of dance, <laughs> or you're not a metalhead." Any, you know, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know. So yeah. this kind of what do yeah. you call it? Standardizing or this conformity. You conformity, know, it's yeah. kind of conforming, but it it is fascinating. How do you infuse creativity in a system that has set up and that has such uh, rigid protocols about age and gender and how do you infuse creativity into that yeah. but it sounds like youth are are witnessing other ways of being because they're online yeah. and they're maybe they're a little more open yes okay. normally i don't know like the majority of people are trying to uh, i mean yeah nice and easy listening pop songs because i mean i don't also blame them too you know but i mean i mean i before i did not understand them like why they just like pick that very easy listening thing and I don't know like a one woman explained the way she listened to me was because she could not I don't know think or deeply or listen to the music because the reason why she listened to music is to what do you call it you know kill times and also to be relaxed mm-hmm. so so that you know like like some music are that like you you need to pay attention sometimes it make you feel a little bit uncomfortable but you know I don't know. There's yeah, I know that that's that's the way I yeah. listen to music. Uh, you need like a I think it's really um a very interesting comment about right now in Myanmar because 
in order to do what you're saying, you have to be comfortable with something that's really different. Yeah. And the country is still opening up and people are still, there's still fear and there's still active fighting going on in different parts of the country. People, they're still, you know, in a way it's kind of a luxury. It's like a sign that you've, you're comfortable enough that you can really listen to something that's different or that challenges you a little bit. So I really, I'm really impressed with the work that Turning Tables is doing because you're you're walking that line of personal expression, freedom of expression, but then that comes with a kind of responsibility, but then there's also the kind of numbing out, I just want to feel good, uh, you know, idea. So I don't know if you're conscious about doing that with Turning Tables, about finding that balance, but that's kind of my observation. Of course, I'm aware of that. And... But you know it's it's a little bit complex, right? I mean, to explain that to someone who who doesn't feel that way, and this actually in this NGO world, you know, it's uh, when people are super busy, uh, you know, they don't have enough time to try to understand like what what we are really doing or something like that, you know. So I don't blame them, but you know it's been a thing to me where you know I can't explain uh, deeply for this, uh, but I I mean the way I think is uh, yeah by doing this kind of activity that would actually because I mean I mean I mean how to live you know we learn from like playing music together with other listening to music and for a musician this is how we learn to live, this is how we live, so you know for those like music minded or like musician like people. I mean, they are they are different kind of people, you know. So they could only relate to the things that they learn from through this, like I don't know, music or the way they listen to music, the way they play music, the way they approach music. They are different, but you know, like the way they see the world is through these experiences too. Mm-hmm. So only then they would like I don't know they could they could actually understand what it's like to mean to I don't know social cohesion or whatever you know the beautiful world you mean, but you know. They won't really accept the concept just by uh, seeing them or reading them, right? I mean, we need like these practices or personal experiences, right. but without telling them, hey guys, you know, we are going to do the social cohesion, uh, you know, experience uh, through music activity. Without telling them, just just do this activity and let them like discuss about like disagree. How to disagree? We we know without uh, you know feeling uh, being insulted because that's deeply this kind of thing are deeply rooted in our culture right we cannot just like disagree with somebody you know right so because that all the problems started but i mean we started uh, you know by discussing uh, about this like different taste of music different point of view and and then i mean the next day we would go to the next level on like i don't know hey let's discuss about freedom of expression like what right, do you think right. because that would open the dialogue in the first place with the music that you love Right, I mean, you can relate to it that concept, but there was, there were some like you know story that you know like people who've been to those workshops after one or two years they they just like give us a message that you know they're still like remembering those moments and they're still like they really appreciate that then now you know like now they found a way to disagree without fighting to each other. <laughs> Which is, I mean, I'm, it made me happy. I don't know because right, it, it's right. been a thing, you know, to me. And also, I lost a lot of my friends just for disagreeing with them. <laughs> <laughs> You're ahead of your time. I think. Oh, I, I, I'm not sure if I like that phrase too, you know, because I mean, at first I thought, oh, you know, it, it, it sounds nice because you know I'm a little bit ahead of others, but not ahead in in, in terms of being better than, but ahead in terms of the readiness to sit with disagreement and okay. you know you're coming out of a six decades yeah. of a particular you know social way of acting and interacting that's really fear-based so ahead just meaning like you've shed some of that fear mm. a little bit earlier than maybe other people have i'm going to pause the interview here for a little bit so that we can hear some of darko's music Here's side effects, cautiously optimistic song, We'd Be Alright. When you called my name from the side of town, didn't know how you found out that I'm here. Maybe 
Can you talk a little bit about how you sort of walk that line, knowing that this is a, an opening, this kind of funding is an opening to, to do this kind of work because you see the value of it, but where would you like to see it go? Like, how would you like to see this unfold and not stay stuck in the NGO social cohesion you know, yeah. framework that's so popular right now? I think the main problem is the money because, I mean, money is power. So, you know, whoever has money, they have power. So this inter international um, uh, community has money and they have development funds and stuff like that. So of course we here, we are human beings, we, we want to fix things, we want to fix the problem in our own way. But of course there's always a negotiation and bargain. I mean, you know, I mean, the reason why people are giving funding to us is like the they want to do something with us, you know, so they all, they also have their plan, you know, so not like I was a little bit naive to believe that, you know, actually there are people who are looking for organizations that are doing the great work and they would chip in. And I was naive, you know, so I, I used to believe that, but actually in the, in the real NGO world, it's not like that. So there's always a bargain. There's always a, you know, negotiation and it's always, so what I learned right now is actually, uh, I mean, this act, I'm still trying to find a sweet spot, you know, like sweet point uh, in the music making uh, time, you know, sweet point. I'm trying to find where, you know, we can uh, meet, you know, like uh, needs from both parties, you know, it's really hard. But because you're right, you know, the way it's structured is very bureaucratic and uh, the way they would like to measure these uh, indicators and all these impacts are not the way the, the, the art is, uh, it's making, you know, I mean, the art and music or, you know, music or the, some other form of art uh, contributing to the society it's in a different form different way it's a little bit more complex but it's not it's not uh, i mean it's not beyond you know comprehensive <laughs> actually but of course you know we can't we can't just like demand other people to see the way we see things you know mm -hmm. so which is why we are working we are doing this work i mean to learn from each other right mm -hmm. because i was hoping also they would uh, they would they would they would learn from us too 
you know, the reason why we are doing this work is to learn from each other. How do we see things? And uh, because I mean, whether they are funding us or not, I mean, music has been doing its job. Uh-huh. You know, music has been doing. I mean, healing the society, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, sometimes we are appreciated. You know, like during the hard time, but some most of the time we are we are we are neglected. We are ignored. You know, I mean, our songs has been downloaded for free and stuff like that. And people are having great experiences with their life. That's fine. But I mean, when we are, you know, trying to, you know, do collectively rather than just having fun and just like, you know, like, you know, releasing our inner anger or something like that. So we hope, you know, all these people who want to do the good things would like to support us. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. also, yeah, you're right. I mean, it should not be the same uh, agreements with other development uh, sectors, you know, because you know, when the process is different, uh, all these agreements should be different. Mm-hmm. You know, when the when the work is different, all the agreements should be different. You know, it's, it's as simple as that. In development, you can more easily, or let's say humanitarian aid, you can measure success, like this many people were fed and this many people have shelter now. But when you're talking about the arts, it's much harder to quantify and measure. And often these NGO projects come, and often for a short amount of time, one year, two year, you know, span. And you're talking about trying to shift a whole mindset of a country to value, to see, to see the what the art, arts can offer yeah. <laughs> people. And mm-hmm. it, it will take time. It will definitely take time. Yeah. Yeah. Also, you know, actually, you know, we can measure. But I mean, since we are doing the long-term work, because for example, if you are planting trees, that would take like longer to grow until you can sell. So you have to wait like some of the trees, you have to wait 10 years, 20 years more than that, but there will be profit. There will be bigger profit, right? But when there's a profit, people can wait. But in in our industry, you know, people cannot wait. They're so busy, you know, they have to move on. Mm-hmm. So they have like specific timeline for a project and they're demanding to see the change. But you know, after after the project period, you know, right now, now we can we can actually start looking for this uh, story for change and story of change and impact and stuff like that. But now there's no one to fund it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's, it's critical. It's very critical about like the way to see it, you know. Of course we can manage, but still, you know, I don't know, to invest in this kind of like, I mean, long-term impact. I mean, you know, they always demand longer impact, you know, I mean, they always like told us to be more thoughtful and more meaningful, but you know, actually what we are doing is very meaningful for the long run. Right. Actually, I mean, we can find proof and stuff like that, you know, you know the work that we did in uh, five years ago, now it's, I mean, the scene has changed. What do you see? I mean, like, as, like as a... for example, like political sounds was not a thing. I mean, nobody dared to sing it. But now it became, you know, it became a thing that, you know, people got more respect for saying, uh, you know, what you should say. But before it, it was not possible. People even attack you or people even diss you for being political. Because, you know, being political is a dirty thing and you are not a true artist because you are uh-huh. you were making the earth dirty yeah you know it was yeah. it was it was not very long ago i i can still remember it was like six five or six years ago now you know i mean five year of investment in this work there's a, a true change because believe it or not you know even though we are doing the project or not now the kids are singing about it right actually we don't and you know i don't know you know we started it we just like it inspire them you were like the catalyst and then they've just taken it taken it i mean maybe some of them maybe they got inspired by the the artists that we supported so they don't even like maybe they don't even know us but they just like you know picked it up it kind of ripples out yeah someone hears someone who then hears someone so um you know i think this we're in the middle of covid i almost wanted to say post covid but i think Funding is going to be a, a big issue and priorities are going to be a big issue. But if you could set aside the concern about money, like funding, what would be the next step? You've seen all these changes over five years. What's the next? What would the next five years? What would you like to see happen over the next five years? I think you know, this COVID-19 is going to create uh, new problems before we, we can solve the old problems. 
because you know the situation uh, is more difficult to survive so you know the peace building or you know this community building that we did we worked on are in danger right now because people are gonna fight fight each other to survive right or I mean hopefully we could find new ways uh, to live together rather than you know trying to eliminate others to survive hopefully we can find a way to work together to survive that is less likely to happen I'm sorry if I sound very pessimistic but this is actually happening in the world right so I mean the work that we've been doing are actually you know, because of COVID you know people will change the way they live the way they see things I mean, maybe they may care less about the politics or they may care less about peace building because survival is more important right now. You know, they will try to get a job, you know, no matter how uh, how the work or the job is not in line with their passion. They might grab the job and they might not happy when people are not happy, you know, I mean, they are not going to be nice on each other. And, you know, like you know like doing it for the black lives matter too you know like the people who are super stressed with you know covid also you know it is a channel you know so i'm not saying it was a bad thing you know because uh it also it can probably make other you know movement uh, successful or it can make them worse it can lead to more violences so i mean our our role is more crucial than ever I mean, not only about the you know non-profit war or development war or you know aid war. I'm 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 speaking about like you know. Uh, I mean, living in the society and and, and you know like uh, taking part of it, taking taking a serious part of it. I mean, we can actually we can make the city like I mean, oh, sorry, we can we can have the cities come back to life to you know rebuild uh, the customer I mean, uh, customer relationship at with the you know with the bars or venues and everything every brand or something you know not i'm not saying because we want money by working this that but actually i'm i mean it you know music they've been forgotten about music you know we can the music can contribute in human life to human life and also to the businesses and also to connect people, just to connect people. So I, yeah, I, I, I really believe that our role is more crucial than ever, but people don't see it that way. But actually I can totally understand them because they would think, oh, we need to focus on the business first or the infrastructure first, but we are always come next or, or the less, right? Our, we, we've been considered, oh, we, we have a less important group, but I'm not saying we're the most important group, but actually, everyone is equally important we should understand that right now or there will be more pandemic or i don't know more disaster coming until we realize that mm-hmm. you know, nobody's more important mm-hmm. and we need each other yes exactly yeah. you know we should be open for the new mm-hmm. patterns or i don't know I mean, we should not be afraid of it like, looking for a new way of doing things and you know i don't know, new way of living and I think a lot of people are scared not to, I mean, not being able to get back to the state like before. I think yeah, I, I, I'm very, you know, hopeful for finding new ways. Yeah, um, I think people are hungry for stories right now. And artists and musicians are our storytellers. They take this experience of life and spin it and weave it into a story that then touches people's hearts and and resonates with people right and i think this period of time everything that's happening in the world we're we're hungry for a new story mm. because the old story is is really not a good story and we're seeing how in how many ways that's not a good story so you're you're also a songwriter and I, so i want to ask you now more about sort of storytelling and and the songs that you choose to sing with side effect separate from turning tables but um what's that process like for you and do you is it intentional to write a song that has a message and that has meaning to it i never force myself to be intentional or because i mean when i'm when i'm trying when i'm creating art 
when I'm writing a song or when I'm doing a collage piece or something because I like the way I uh, like balanced uh, you know conscious mind and subconscious mind kind of I mean I know it's hard to say it's actually well balanced of course but I because I like to use this like the power of subconscious mind with the very little you know consciousness to control because for consciousness is more about control because yeah, when it comes to creativity control is also good but it's also a bad thing it's good and bad at the same time so meaning uh, because for example like you know when I was writing uh, music about Metila or you know like all these political songs very little I mean I, I not all of my songs are political you know very little but you know only it became personal I started writing you know because I don't try too hard to represent everyone or a group because I always started with my own personal feeling because it's real you know only when it hit you you are not writing a song that people will give you applaud or you know thumbs up just because you know you are you are not trying to impress the world <laughs> I mean mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for me so you know I I would write whatever I want to write so I don't try to be responsible songwriter right, yeah I mean right. no one because as as because I, I I'd rather be just an artist but who cannot stop saying what I want you know mm-hmm. so whenever I want to you know cross the culture line or all this like uh, I don't know you know I I don't want to stop just because it would be controversial or something like that so I would wait for authenticity coming up inside of myself and I would capture it and I would start writing about it of course you know when you started writing when you have good idea of course at that time you might not be uh, you might not be able to finish it but then tomorrow and then you you start from that song that's the rest of the process but to answer your question straight I mean just only when it, uh, you know, when it became personal, I started writing mm-hmm. about this issue and stuff like that. So this is, I think, this is how the the artist artist work. You know, it only, you know, it only real. It's it's only real when it became personal because everything is personal to us. You know, this is why you know all these like other you know like a uh, different type of people could not understand it. Why they are like so emotional on this matter or this cause. You know, this is not your cause. This is other people suffering. Like, why are you so angry about it? Because we are angry and everything is personal. You know, like. Well, you're allowing yourself to be touched by someone else's experience. Exactly. You're al- and you're allowing your own personal experience to, you know, some of the best stories are the really personal stories because then we don't feel so alone. It's like, oh, I have felt that someone else understands me. And the power of a songwriter to really tap into that is really, really valuable and really needed right now. Yeah, I think, you know, in that way, there are the, like, you know, unseen uh, power of music rather than just, just like, you know, I digital sound wave or this, you know, like a technical, you know, uh, things that we recorded, you know, this, which is why, you know, different kind of music has different kind of power, you know. Sometimes the music is not academic, very simple, but it is so powerful, mm-hmm. you know. So this one, this music will capture or record it, all this human energy, I think somehow was also captured. Through, the, through these microphones. Can you tell the story about um, the musician in the field in Northern Rakhine? Yeah. How you found him and how his music made you feel and yeah. why you decided to record him and, and post it. Great, that yeah, video. sure. And uh, it was in uh, 2016, I think. Yeah, I think it was around that 2016 when we were in northern Rakhine and in Budidang Budidang uh, township it was like majority of the people were Rohingya Muslims and they were Rakhine Buddhist and other like Mro and Khmer Mamaki like very smaller minorities there and yeah we were looking for like a musician like a local musicians and we we, we, we found one uh, 
look at Rockstar and who agreed, I mean, who liked our projects and it was a Rakhine uh, Buddhist uh, Rockstar. And we made a music with him. And also I was looking for uh, other musicians. So we, we found a Muslim Madeline player and then we were just like very excited to you know uh, record their music because I never heard any mu like Rohingya music before so I was like okay but I I mean I never listened to his uh, playing before and I just like trusted one of our participants uh, recommendation and then I was just like it was the first time that I saw him too and I was we talked a little bit about their music because I told them I told him that you know I wanted to record uh, you know you know I mean his music so he was like fine so he took us to a rice field just like a uh, right across his house it was a rice field. so I I recorded with zoom recorder right in the field you know and with the two cameraman it was live recording and it was at the same time, I also heard the first time in the song. So, but the music is so powerful. I mean, I, at the time, to be honest, frankly speaking, I was worried too. I was worried, you know, everybody could not. I thought everybody would, you know, send us like hate messages. So it was or dangerous. Very like, dangerous situation yeah. back then, you know, the, 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 yeah. the, the, I mean, it was very hot topic, you know. We can't even, uh, I mean, talk about what is happening. We could not even like, uh, when we talk about what is what was happening in Rakhine and stuff like that. But at that time, a lot of there were hate speech on Facebook. During that time, you know, we posted that video and that actually the power of music came from like a not, you know, it speaks itself. There were like many positive comments and you know, like, you know, like uh, thousands of likes and, and very positive responses, you know. It gave me relief because you know I thought you know I, I mean we 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 would get in trouble for yeah. posting it, yeah. but everybody got in trouble for like I don't know standing up for Rohingya or you know like yeah. speaking up yeah. about. But we didn't say anything. But we were, and then that's when I realized, I mean it's the right way, you know, rather than you know advocating for their rights. I mean it's 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 also a good thing, but there's another way mm -hmm. to make people feel mm -hmm. because because like the people who are rejecting their rights whenever they heard these human rights activist statements they did not reject this this Rohingya's uh, musicians existence right you know it somehow bypassed their uh, he becomes human yeah he became human you know but you know we don't have to you know make a I don't know documentary but oh you know he is also a human being but <laughs> just like play a song Like uh, like I mean, it's it's just my, uh, it might sound like my religion or my own religion kind of thing because the way I believe the mu power of music is not just like this phys uh, like a form or this like I mean, uh, physical experience but also spiritual experience too because you know I I, I really believe that you know we are we are just vibration you know, vibrating uh, with different frequencies in this universe. Everything you see, you hear, and uh, these are the vibrations and all these frequencies. So music is a, a set of you know different frequencies, and you know you are you are playing different frequencies. You know you you've been playful with uh, you know like finding out what the combination, what kind of different combinations of different frequency would sound, and we've been doing that for centuries. And it is uh, it's a human thing. It's not we are just not wasting our time, and we just 
you know, I mean, this is, uh, I mean, this, just because it doesn't create a lot of money or a lot of profit, it doesn't mean it's not, uh, it's not a valuable thing. I mean, it is, uh, it's a universal language. I mean, I think, you know, other creatures in the universe can probably relate to our songs and music. So, you know, I mean, I, 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 I demanded like you know I don't know second thoughts or like you know like try to see uh, music from a different angle rather than a tool for their marketing campaign or rather than a tool to promote their you know you know activity or you know agenda or mandate you know I mean this is we can we can help them achieve their goals you know what I mean I mean we can help them achieve their goal and, and and uh, we, I mean, you know, we we are not useless people in the society. And uh, now, I mean, the time has changed, and I know, you know, people began to think, oh, music is just an entertainment, just to you know, kill time and stuff like that. But it's not true. It can actually, it can enlighten us. It can, uh, you know, like uh, let us, uh, you know, see things beyond this like uh, capitalist culture and uh, you know all these uh, illusion. You know, it can remind us that we are human beings, even though, like, for example, if there's no more company or something, like we can play music, we can live, we can breathe. I mean, we'll be okay. <laughs> A passionate plea for recognizing the full power and potential of, of music. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you. Thanks, Darko. for joining me on this very first podcast version of Singers on the Frontlines. You can learn more about his band on YouTube, search for Side Effect, or follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can learn more about Darko's amazing work at turningtables.org. You can subscribe to this show on Podbean, iTunes, or via RSS so you'll never miss a beat. All these links and more are on the Sonic Bloom website at www.sonic-bloom.org, where you can subscribe to stay up to date. And any and all support is welcome at patreon.com. Search for Sonic Bloom, all one word. We're just getting started, and if you liked this interview and want to help us get off the ground and running, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, or simply share with a friend. Special shout out to Sid Walter for inspiring this switch to a podcast format. You can check out her podcast, Teeny, where you can get a teen's perspective on health and wellness. That's T-E-E-N hyphen Y on Buzzsprout and Instagram. <laughs>